Hey, I'm Janine. And I'm Patrick, and this is Radio 1 Presents. Live from the Lair. This podcast is an extension of Radio 1 Chicago, where we get to explore different topics that expand beyond art and music. Each podcast will have an extended interview with a Chicagoan of note, and will feature one Chicago-based artist. Today's podcast, Patrick and I talked to Sophia McScandal, a Chicagoland sex worker. Our featured artist is Doc Rhombus, and this is Hollow Cages off of his solo album, The Condition. So 
Today's guest is sex worker Sophia McScandal. Now, normally I do some kind of intro before speaking with a guest, but we're not going to do that this time because Sophia can speak for herself. Sophia, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me here. So getting started, can you describe what kind of content you create? Uh, I am an online sex worker. And to break that down into a little bit more easier to digest terms, I create and distribute erotic content of a very, very wide variety. Uh, I offer simple, low-maintenance content, such as where you just purchase videos or purchase erotica, audio, anything like that from me. I have a little bit more in-depth uh, services, such as my premium Snapchat or purchasing custom videos or custom content for me. Or I have the most uh, intimate contact, which would be more of my submissive tasks or my girlfriend experience uh, packages. Okay, so you, you mentioned Snapchat. What other platforms do you use, like websites or what kind of avenues do you use to interact with your clientele and, and promote and distribute? Uh, to interact with my clients and customers, actually, most often I use Twitter, which is a social media that every single person pretty much on this planet uses these days. Or has access to it. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And has access to. Um, and then as far as where I publish my adult content, I'm on many vids and AP clips uh, currently. And then I have more sites that are currently and constantly uh, expanding. I really like capturing new eyes and capturing new clients, uh, which means expanding to, to new platforms and new sites constantly. So keep an eye out for me everywhere. <laughs> Will do. So it sounds like you do a lot of that, um, at least the upkeep. I don't know about the actual video production. We can get into that too, but it sounds like a lot of that's just done via your cell phone. Oh, 100%. I would probably say uh, on a daily basis, I'm on my phone pretty much from the moment that I wake up until the moment that I go to sleep doing some form of work or another, whether it be advertising, creating small clips, interacting with customers. Uh, I am constantly on my phone for, for my business. Yeah, that's really interesting that, um, I mean, just as someone that went to film school in the 90s, like I still remember what it was like when you actually had to shoot things on film <laughs> and, and physically cut film and do all that. And now not only is it all digital, but it's all somehow intermingled with your telephone. And you have one device that you can use to create content, distribute content, um, you know, charge money for content. You do all your banking through your phone. Yeah. 100%, it's like all, it's all done through that. It, yeah, yes. And I actually have a question for you, Sophia. Um, in that same respect, it's so easy to share uh, files. So how do you prevent folks from, you know, you send a picture to one client, how do you know he's not going to distribute that to multiple people? That's a really, really great question. Great question. Number one, uh, I you try to uh, create a relationship with your clients. Uh, that is the thing about the work that I do. It's not just about finding a picture online. You you can go on your phone and find <laughs> pictures. Yeah. No, right. no matter where you go, you can find pictures. It is it is it is not about that. It's at not all. about looking at titties. It's about looking at your titties. Exactly. <laughs> it's about it's about that connection and that like oh my god like I get to see this. I get to, I get to go a little bit further. I get to see a little bit more of a naughtier intimate part and therefore they're they're paying for that too. So why would you pay to see something and then 
give it to your friend. Now, I guess it'd be different. I I do have some clients who um, are partners. Uh, You know, I have Mm -hmm. people who purchase my content and share it with their spouse or use it um, in, you know, their own couple. And that, I think, is different when you're sharing it Mm -hmm. in an intimate manner with somebody um, or in your own uh, intimate times or uh, sexual uh, manner to share it that way. But I've I have not come across the fact of it being shared widely otherwise. However, um, you do have a lot of people who I, I'm on OnlyFans, which is a subscription site. And unfortunately, that's a really, really common one for people to purchase somebody's OnlyFans subscription and then hand out their username and password, though, to their friends or to somehow screen grab the content and share that. Um, and unfortunately, that that does happen. And, you know, there unless you are severely monitoring your, you know, who is accessing your site via IP monitoring, which most of these sites allow you to do. Um, but that's it's 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 a lot of time. Have you ever come across your content in some place that you didn't originally post it or, or put it? So it's funny. Um, since I have started online sex work, no, I've never found anything that I have sold not be on a site that I have specifically uploaded it to. However, um, prior to uh, starting sex work, I used to, you know, be a little bit of a naughty exhibitionist and I've uploaded photos to like Reddit and stuff. And I have found stuff that I've uploaded then. (laughs) I have found that on like, you know, uh, like top 20, you know, tits or whatever, like all that kind of stuff. I have found my picture on one of those, which I think is super funny. Yeah, I'm sure you were in the top 20 tits. Yeah. Okay, maybe not that, but I. Wow. But it, what it an was, unfortunate it was a set of circumstances there. It was so horrible. Someone ranked your tits top twenty on a, on a fucking poll. <laughs> no, but, it, but it was a it was like a compilation list like that, and I was like, oh my god, my tits are in there, and that was sort of a shock. But yeah, that's that. So far, that that's it. I'm very fortunate. Well, that's what kind of like intrigues me about you know the use of the cell phone and that and kind of how that's such a weird blur line between amateur and professional because you're definitely professional. Like you're definitely getting paid for this. Like there's no question about it, but you're kind of doing something that it feels like almost every girl in the country is doing and you're using, well, not everyone, everyone that I know at least. And, or yeah, or, or, and you're using the same equipment that everybody has access to. You're not using 35 millimeter cameras to shoot this on a movie set with a three piece lighting kit. You're using your cell phone to take pictures of your tits, and tons of people do that, but you're smart enough to charge yeah. a buck or two a picture, yeah. and not only charge it, but then get paid for it, too. Yeah, yeah. It's all about, I, I view about it, or I view it as it's all about monetizing my time and effort. Uh, if I'm, I am, I feel, doing something that is a little unlike what, your average girl is doing in her bathroom or her, you know, bedroom mirror. I do feel like my content is, you know, I I put effort into it to make it something more than that. Um, Don't get me wrong. I have the bathroom pictures. I have the, you know, just so I'm not trying to downplay or, or, you know, say that that's not whatever, but I feel that a lot of it goes into the effort that you put into it. Um, and how you treat it. Do you treat it as a job? How are you learning? How are you 
Um, how are you expanding? How are you marketing? Are you looking into your analytics? Are you looking into how to create better content? How to, you know, maximize your clientele? How to push add-ons? How to how to all of a sudden take a custom, how you used to sell custom videos and change up your pricing structure. So now all of a sudden you're getting more money out of the same order. Is there any like major changes that you've made or like course corrections because of like feedback that you've seen, like you said, where you would have never thought to like, oh, I should take like these kind of pictures. And then suddenly you see there's a huge market for it. And you're like, oh, I'm going to start doing this shit now. Um, probably the biggest, uh, the biggest advice that I ever got that was, that helped me change course and sort of figure out what I wanted to do or how to explore the industry was explore different fetishes. You go on to all of these different clip sites and you can see all of the different genres and all the different ways that you could tag videos. There's a lot of things out there that you don't realize that people are searching for in a sexual manner. One of the things that always comes out and, and like sticks out in my head is chewing gum. Like okay. literally just what, blowing what bubbles, blowing bubbles, chewing it. Some people really like the auditory noise of it. Some people like like how your jaw moves when you're chewing it. And it's things like that where I was like, I would have never thought of that. I would have never thought to sexualize or to make content or to just go buy a pack of bubble gum because that's what's going to earn me my money this week. Like I would have never thought to, to look at something like that. So once I realized that, I realized that I truly had the world at my fingertips. I could sexualize and monetize anything. So Yeah, it, it's interesting to hear you use, like you're talking about sexualizing kind of typically non-sexual stuff. And you refer to yourself as a sex worker. I was thinking about uh, on the drive over here today to do this podcast, how like strippers don't call themselves strippers. They call themselves dancers. Or entertainers. Right? right. You know, yeah. and like you made a comment right. about that. And like, they're sex yeah. workers. And then there's yeah. like, there's like uh, chicks that make porno are like adult film actresses. Right? right. They don't want to be known as actually doing sex for money. Right. But then you. I'm, I'm very, very proudly. Um, I'm very proudly a sex worker. And the reason that I say that is because my job, the the end result of my job is always sexual gratification. So, and, and I've heard the argument before of like, well, for, for strippers in particular, because I know there are certain strippers who do not like the term sex worker, but you will not have somebody, people come into strip clubs for the fantasy to watch somebody in a sexual manner to, and that's why they're there. So therefore that's a sexual fantasy. You're not touching them, but nobody's touching me either. It's all online. It's all a, you know, an interaction that is completely digital. Um, so therefore it's, it's still sex work though. My end result is still fulfilling a sexual fantasy or maintaining a sexual fantasy. Um, and that that's, yeah, 100% why it's it's sex work. So it's probably just a cultural shift that we're seeing right now where yeah. sex worker is becoming a less derogatory term. Yeah. And it, it's it's kind of a blanket term that can uh, refer to multiple disciplines, I yes. guess. Yeah. And and it, people are not are more inclined to embrace that phrase than probably in the past. Well, it's I've worked in uh, I've worked in food services before and you 
can say that you've worked in food services while you've worked at McDonald's and while you've worked at Benihana and while you've worked at, you know, the Ritz restaurant. Like all of those are food services. That's a correct term. But each of those jobs does hold different meanings. You know, somebody who works at the Ritz Carlton restaurant isn't going to want to say like that they're in the same league or in the same industry or whatever as somebody who works at McDonald's when in reality you're both in food services. No one's, you know, no one's better than anyone else. And at the base level, I mean, we're all humans. No one's better than anyone else. Definitely not. Just just to close out this segment, you said previously that like when you, when you create your content that you're not touching anybody, no one's touching you, but you do shoot with a partner a lot. My husband. Yes. Yes. No, she's got a husband, guys. (laughs) Sorry. Yes. You know what? Why don't we cut to a band? Yeah. Cut to some music and come back. All right. This is Doc Rhombus with Internet Eyes. I am so confused about today. Did I mess up in my own domain? Well, I lost my foot once again. I can't tell my enemies from friends.
And we're back. Uh, my name's Pat. With me is... Janine. And this week we have Sophia McScandal joining us. So in the, uh, at the end of the last segment, you mentioned your husband and you guys sometimes shoot scenes together. Yes. Does that create a conflict with your clientele? Because you do kind of have a more personal than average relationship with them. Is that a turnoff when they find out that you're married? Or do you downplay that? Like it, where he's just like the neighbor that comes over and fucks you? <laughs> or do you say like... No, I am I am proudly married. I, I don't hide that from any of my clients. Uh, I and that's that's because I, I honestly it's because I, I lead a very, very busy life. Um, there is no hiding from my clients that I can't be available all the time. Uh, I, I have a I have a family. I have a husband, I've got kids, I've got pets, I've got a house. I mean I've I've got a very I've I've got another job. I've got a very full life. Uh, so I, I can't be around all the time. So my clients know that. Uh, it would be silly of me to try and pass it off as anything other than what it is. And I, I'm not in the market of trying to, to uh, create that kind of an illusion with my clients. Um, if my client wants the experience of you know, me being an unattached woman, that's, that's 100% fine. And we can agree to those terms in, you know, our negotiations of what our sessions are going to be like. Um, however, it is very clear and I am always 100% truthful about my relationship. Uh, yeah. Which is just the easiest way for me to approach things. Can I just ask how long have you been married? Uh, I have been I've been with my partner for over five years now. And how long have you been a sex worker? Uh, I've only been a sex worker for uh, since the beginning of this year, so about nine months. So can you tell me how that conversation went when you <laughs> approached him? Um, it surprisingly went super super easy. I have I've always been um, a part of the sex industry. Um, I used to work at a sex uh, retail sex location, and I was a training manager there for a little over five years. Uh, prior to that, I wrote a sex blog where I reviewed sex toys and worked for a couple different companies. Um, I have done some uh, like professional kink work as well in like the distant past. Uh, so I've I've always been around the industry. You've always been around fucking and money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, it's a very easy transition. <laughs> um, however, the con- the conversation sort of came about because I, you know, we do have a family and the sad realization of, you know, uh, child care costs was just astronomical. It's something that, you know, people all over the country can relate to. And we sort of had to figure out how we were going to balance still maintaining our relationship with childcare and, you know, having a family, a young family and all of that. And the easiest thing it seemed like was for one of us to stop working. Um, so after looking into a whole bunch of things, we decided that my, my husband would stop working and he would stay home with our children and that I would sort of start this fun journey um, in making, you know, the ends meet so our kids would be able to grow up with, you know, the proper 
attention that they deserve. So is this the, can I ask, is this the only income in your family? You are literally holding the family together with this job. I I do have another job, but I am the sole income earner for our family. Yes. Yeah. But it it feels to me like this is, is it 50-50 financial gain self-expression? Or would you say that this is, because this, like you said, this is something that you've been doing as long as... The money definitely drives me to or motivates me to stay on task. Um, it, it motivates me to keep to a schedule of, you know, uploading two videos a week and it keeps me to task of, okay, I need to do two photo sets a month. And, you know, so it definitely keeps me, um, on a schedule, but, uh, I, I love, I love what I do and (laughs) I don't think I could, I mean, honestly, since I started, I don't think that I could ever stop doing this ever 100% really yeah full stop I don't think I would ever stop sex work or producing sexual content it's it's so much fun and that's I think that also is a difference you were talking earlier about professional versus amateur um I think there are some people who are driven to this that it truly is something that fits with who they are as a person. And I think that I'm, I just, I feel like I'm one of those people. Yeah, you're not like some heroin addict kid, like running from a broken home. <laughs> like you're genuinely doing this for the thrill. For, I, I, I love what I do. I yeah. love what I do. And unfortunately, some people are in the position where they don't have options. And, right. you know, this is sort of what, that is not the situation that I am in, luckily. <laughs> I am very no. fortunate that I, I just, I love... I love making people's fantasies come true. I think that that's there's such a power in that, um, and, and personally, that's such a turn on to know that I'm the one who can fulfill somebody's fantasy. That they're coming to me and entrusting me with with making that you know come to life. I think that's so powerful. I, I don't even know like what to say because I've I've been giving Training. the milk away for so long for free that these are things that you do on a daily basis or I do maybe on a don't look at me like that but like I should be shooting videos yeah every day or pictures every day and who's taking yeah. these pictures of you me me so these are selfies or yes, do you use selfies. like a tripod like, I, I do. I I have um I have done a lot to make sure that some of my equipment is right. is nice. I have ring lights. When um, the money starts coming in, you, you got to put a part yeah, of it back. Yeah, into yeah. Like, you know. I I have yeah I have you know I have a nice microphone now. I do have a nice you know I have a nice HD camera. You know I, I do have some of these things that make my job easier. Um, but yeah, it's I mean it is all setting it up yourself, figuring out the angles yourself. I mean, figuring out, okay, the the light needs to be right. in front of you this way and this light needs to be behind you, the soft Don't light Don't all girls just know that already? Like, no, really. no, no, really. absolutely not. And even myself, I'll look at the pictures mm-hmm. that I took a year ago even mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, like, yeah, that's a bad, that's a bad picture. <laughs> it's going in the discount so, bin. Yes. <laughs> not deleting them, right? but you know, 99 cents. Who, who taught you all of this? Like, how did you know what to do really I want to know how you marketed yourself right away because like if I wanted to start tomorrow yeah do I get business cards like what do I do (laughs) um honestly my the the biggest help there are other sex workers that was hands down my biggest uh you know my biggest leg up in the industry was listening and 
and really doing the research of the wonderful people who came before me. Um, there is a wonderful website called webcamstartup.com that I used for a lot of my research. Uh, one of the wonderful uh, contributors there, one of the wonderful heads of the site, Ari, she's amazing. And I, I really looked up to her for a lot of the information that I was getting. Um, I scheduled a couple of consults uh, with other sex workers, which was all I did was I looked to find people who I liked what they were doing. I liked the, the amount of success they had. I liked the way that their videos looked. I liked the way that they did their marketing. Um, and I realized sort of how you just said, I didn't have the time, nor did I really want to spend the time on sort of not figuring it out for myself, but I, I wanted to hear from somebody who already had that. Uh, and so that's what I did. I booked a couple consults and listened. I actually listened to what they said. And, you know, I've been very fortunate that I've had a few great clients from the beginning. I mean, I've had some who shuffle in and out and, you know, I've had people who have been with me literally from the first month that I started, which I think is absolutely amazing. And so how did they find you right away, you think? Um, I, so prior to all of this, I, I was, I did sometimes upload like a naughty picture or two to like Reddit. So I did have a couple people who... I was able to sort of like reach out to and be like, hey, you should just follow me over here. Um, and now not all of them resulted in sales, um, but enough of them did where it was a, sort of like a boost in my ego where that was then enough for me to create more content. And honestly, once you start creating uh, more and more, people are going to find you. There there are people who I'm, I'm, I am shocked constantly where I'm like, how did this person find me? I didn't, I didn't market this at all. Or I'll sell a video and I'll be like, why did they choose that? You know, you have no idea sometimes what draws them to you. But if once you have the, the product there to sell, some, somebody will buy it. So then you kind of had your following and then suddenly one day you were like, Hey honey, do you want to join me? No, no. Uh, everything was done with my partner's knowledge and consent and everything prior beforehand. Before I did anything, I discussed with him, you know, would he be okay with it? Um, what would he be okay with? What were sort of, we gave each other uh, essentially like full veto power. So the exhibitionism was always there. It was just yes. taking the extra step to monetize it. Yes. And, and creating the Sophia McScandal persona. And, and deciding to show my face because that was something that I did oh, not do yeah. previously. And I realized that the most successful or... Your face is all right. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, it's not, I would keep a bag over it. I mean, like, check it out at Sophia McScandal at Twitter. It's, it's pretty hot. What's that website again? Uh, Sophia McScandal. Follow me on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Shameless plug. There we go. Yeah, start that shit. Um, all right. So we're going to cut to a song and then come back for our final segment. This is Doc Rhombus once again with Looking for Answers.
Pat, and we're back with Sophia McScandal here. And um, we're talking about her uh, sex work online. And I just wanted to ask, um, culturally, um, the misperceptions about sex work, how do you think we can change that in people's minds? Uh, biggest thing is to start talking about the sex work that you are using currently, whether that be porn, whether that be uh, cam girls, uh, phone sex lines, you know, all, all of that kind of stuff. If you're, it is very widely used. Uh, it is a billion dollar industry. It is, you know, almost every single person at some point or another has utilized some form of sex work. Being conscious, open about that would greatly destigmatize uh, what we get as sex workers. Uh, start starting to talk about and starting to pay for your porn would be huge. Uh, there are a lot of avenues out there to get pirated porn, but very, very few uh, avenues are truly uh, what we like to call ethically free, uh, which means that the person who created the content uploaded it and meant for it to be distributed as something for free. Um, very rarely does that happen. Typically, when you go on to these tube sites, mm -hmm. it is pirated porn that, you know, those content creators, those directors, whether it be an amateur or a large, uh, you know, adults corporation film, uh, those people aren't getting paid for that. Uh, so that would be huge. Start to pay for your porn, report, uh, report stolen or pirated porn. Uh, don't watch that porn. I know that seems really, really difficult. I, I like porn too. I know it seems crazy. Um, and it, don't get me wrong. If I, I know that I can go onto a site and that I could go and download one of my favorite, you know, uh, content creators, I can go download one of their videos and that would be super hot and that I would get off to it. But the downside of that is that content creator put all of that time, effort, you know, money, all of that kind of stuff into that. And now they're not getting, uh, they're not getting compensated for well, that. Isn't that why more, more and more you see girls, uh, the performers themselves have their own solo sites because wasn't there something that happened where like, one guy bought that there's one person that owns all those tube sites right yeah and then he went but then didn't he go around and then buy like all the individual sites too like reality kings and brazers and naughty america how do you know this information by the way i'll be I, i'll be honest i don't i to be honest i don't know okay so my my understanding of it was that um there was a guy that started buying tube sites right okay and he made so much money off the ad revenue that he then went and turned around and bought the production companies too because the production companies were going to go under because they were losing sales because nobody was buying their videos anymore. They were getting off X hamster or whatever. Right. 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 So then X hamsters like, well, we're going to run out of content. If this happens, we have all this money that we're making off the ad revenue for our tube sites. So we're going to turn around and then buy the production companies to keep the production companies in business. So they keep producing content that we can sell to our tube sites and the loyal customers that have the monthly subscription. However, what that leaves out of the equation is the performer. Yeah. And most performers only get paid 
when they when they acted the scene anyway. They don't get residuals. If it, yes, correct. If they are a um, if they're studio right. contracted, which is different than what I do. Right. No. 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 Yes. I'm not comparing to that. That's, yeah. that's why what I was going to say was I, I feel like the the best way to ethically pay for porn is to buy it from the from the um, talent themselves. One hundred percent. Because if if that way they continue to get paid for it. Yeah. And they'll continue to do it. If you buy it from the studio, like who who buys DVDs anymore anyway? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're better off going to the to and because of the internet, you can interact with the performers with the people too. You know what I mean? Like do the premium Snapchat, buy the vids, buy them directly from the performers. Don't you know worry about a monthly subscription to Bang Bus or something. That's right. not. Don't waste the, your money on that. The if hard, you like the girl in the Bang Bus video, figure out who she is. Yes. She's probably got a solo website. Go to her. Give her your money. Yes. And, and on that same note, then, with these videos, who's buying or this from you? Who, who are your customers? Who are your clients? Um, that's a really good question. I get asked that all the time. Um, my clients are from young to old. I've had clients who are in their young 20s all the way up to clients who are in their 70s. What? <laughs> yes. 70s? Yeah. Viagra. Cialis. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we're gonna go down that road, no, Viagra is. Well, it's it's not. It, honestly, it's not even. It it truly is. Is I. It's not just. It isn't just videos that I offer. I do offer. Um, I do offer audios. I offer stories, and actually, my stories are really, really popular with the older crowd. Um, but uh, you have everybody. You have. I've got married men on my. Uh, who obtain my services? I have. Do they tell you they're married? Is that oh, part of? Oh yeah. I mean, it's not because once again, it isn't about. Um, it's not about hiding anything because there's there's no perception that this is going any place other than what it is. So I have I've got one I've got one gentleman who is a subscriber on my premium Snapchat. Who he is? He's an artist, so he'll send me like snapchats of like the art that he's creating oh now see that's amazing i could get down with that like and that's the thing is you i truly am creating a connection with these people and and i feel like a lot of people view the um the consumers of my products as these like weird guys in their mom's basements who are you know who've got like a hunchback and like you know hairy knuckles that's i'm honestly it's it's not the case i have I I have people who have, you know, um, are they very if- successful jobs. I have people who are, you know, high up in their companies and I have people who are blue collar workers. Are they interacting with you like you know what they look like or no, generally they're just a person behind this on the other side of the screen. On my premium Snapchat, I interact with all of my all of my uh, clientele who are on my Snapchat. So with them, I it depends on their level of comfort. Some people don't want to interact. They just want mm-hmm. to see the nice boobs and, you know, see all of the little, like, naughtiness that I'm getting up to. And that's fine, too. But some of the guys, yeah, they, you know, hey, how are you doing? You know, what what, what do you like to see? I have one guy who, who really likes to see legs. So I know, oh, I, d- I took this photo and my legs look really good in it, so I know I'm going to send it to him. I might not post it on my story, but I'm going to send it to him because I know my legs look really nice. And it's that kind of connection that you foster to make sure that they keep coming back to you and they keep 
you know, making sure that they want to see you uh, continue. Mm -hmm. So you've talked about the cultural shift that you want to see happen to kind of remove the stigma from sex work. What about legally? I mean, because you're an an adult. You're not doing anything that I would perceive as being illegal, but... Are there any hurdles that you have to face? Oh, there's so many hurdles. Um, unfortunately, probably the biggest hurdle for anyone in sex work is um, our payment processors. Uh, you have to constantly, like, I, you can't take PayPal. PayPal, Venmo, which is also owned by PayPal, you absolutely under no circumstances should use because they're extremely... Uh, they're like very, very anti-sex work in their terms of service. They will, they will shut down your account. They'll seize your assets. I mean, it is. But how do they define sex work? Because aren't you? I mean... um, they define sex work as anything that uh, it pertains to uh, the adult industry, which actually for PayPal and Venmo does go beyond the scope of my work. It actually goes into if you are, let's say, uh, if you uh, sell silicone dildos, let's say, and you were to sell them via PayPal, it is technically a adult product and therefore it violates PayPal's terms of service. Is PayPal owned by Disney or something? No, you would think so. (laughs) Um, No, no, they're just, they're very, uh, they're very, very anti-sex work. Honestly, a lot of payment processors are. Um, and do you agree with that? I mean, what um, how could that be changed? I understand why they do it. They do it because in 2002, there was a bunch of, uh, they, they started classifying uh, the adult industry as uh, high risk uh, due to a lot of the chargebacks that were occurring uh, because that was right in the invention of the internet. And a lot of people had just gotten home computers, uh, which therefore meant that a lot of people were buying subscriptions to porn sites. And right after, you know, their little uh, love explosion. After you come, you're like, I don't want this anymore. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. So then so then they call their credit card companies and they do it, you know, they, they say, I didn't mean to do that. Or, you know, somebody charged this Jesus. and they didn't mean to. And there was a high level of chargebacks. So therefore, the adult industry is known as a high risk category so therefore they do not uh consider us safe to to use payment processors so interestingly enough we working at a hotel for most of my life um those those (laughs) paypal and like credit cards that's all stuff that, that prostitutes use yes so you would but they continue to pay hotels do you know what i mean like it's on it like all that electronic Full, you know. full service sex workers absolutely should never use PayPal. It breaks my heart when I, I see a lot of companions who still do, and I try and reach out to them and warn them not to. Really um, unfortunately, uh, with any full service, uh, un- unfortunately, that is still illegal in our country, except for in Nevada. Um, in my opinion, uh, legalization is not what we need legalization comes with a whole bunch of red tape because they're going to try and police it what we need is decriminalization um as long as there are consenting adults and it is it is all consensual activity then there should be no punishment for consensual activity there there is no issue with me and my husband in in the privacy of our own home if we do something there's no laws that that you know, that prohibit that. But all of a sudden, if I take money for something, then that's something, there's something inherently wrong about that or there's a morality to that that people put judgment on. 
Um, I've been married two years, and there's monetary exchanges for sex all the that. fucking time. Exactly. I don't know what you're... Take me out to dinner or drinks, and come on. Right. Yes, and, the, and, and unfortunately, um, a lot of people... Uh, like to have a feel a more moral high ground so they put you know they put that on it and uh i yeah i just think that decriminalization just it's it just is what it is it's so interesting to hear you say that because that's the ex- last uh episode we were talking about the legalization of marijuana in illinois at the end of the year or the beginning of 2020 and i made the same exact statement about how i was never really pro legalization but more decriminalization because i thought it would just be best if the government just stayed out of it altogether and just left us the fuck alone. Now that it's going to actually be legalized in a couple of months, I'm kind of excited about that. So maybe, <laughs> oh, maybe I'm very excited about it. Like... Feel free to check out sophiamcscandal.manyvids.com and you'll see a lot of smoking videos that'll show that I am very excited for January. <laughs> Yeah, so can you give like your your like rundown of websites yes. and stuff though? So I am Sophia McScandal on all of my websites. So Sophia is spelled S O P H I A, and then McScandal is spelled just how it sounds. Common spelling. <laughs> yeah, yeah common, <laughs> common spelling of the McScandalous. Um, and so what you want to do is you go to manyvids.com. I'm Sophia McScandal on there. You could go to apclips.com slash Sophia McScandal. You can also go to onlyfans.com slash Sophia McScandal. I update there every single day. Um, And then I also have my Twitter, which is completely free. Everybody should follow me there. I'm really, really awesome. I show my tits a lot, <laughs> um, which is twitter.com slash Sophia McScandal. I also have an Instagram, which if you just want to see how pretty my face is, that's the perfect place to follow me because they are very anti-sex worker. You. It's not bad. Yeah, it's yeah. not bad. <laughs> not enough titties on that one. <laughs> Agreed. Um, no, they, they are very anti-sex work. So that one is, that is very, uh, that's just like selfies and like cute stuff only. Uh, I also am on Reddit as Sophia McScandal. So you can peruse where I post about on there. And as of right now, that's it. But I, I should have uh, I should have some new sites coming uh, before the end of the year. So definitely keep your eyes peeled. Probably the biggest one uh, that people are going to be super excited about is I will be creating a Pornhub account for all of my free content. So more people will be able to find me easier. Cool. I, I have one very important question. Yes. What's the weirdest request you've gotten? Okay, so the weird you're not going to like this answer because it's not weird to it's it's not going to be weird to anybody else. Um because what you guys are probably thinking weird I probably think of is like completely fucking normal. <laughs> weird, yeah, yeah. relative term. Um so probably the weirdest request that I've ever had is I had somebody ask me to take a photo of both of my elbows um put together. And just the elbows, like, because you would figure, because that pushes the the titties up a little bit. You're like, ooh, yeah, titties. No, he just wanted a photo of the elbows. Like, he wanted a close-up photos of the elbows together. And I got paid $10 for one photo. $10 for a picture of elbows. Yeah. Uh, whoever that man is out there, I have beautiful elbows, <laughs> and my rate is half that price. Why are you going to undercut her? 
bitch. That's not cool. I'm just saying. Is that what you're going to do? Like, figure out what she charges for yeah. everything and then ask for yes, $2 I've, less? I've been taking notes this whole time. <laughs> No, honestly, hey, if, if anybody wants to get involved, feel free to reach out. I love I love making sure that people are getting into the industry for the right reasons, that their expectations are in the right place, um, and to sort of gauge, because it's not the job for, for everyone. I definitely get the older sister vibe from her. Oh, you can make content with me anytime. You're so evil. <laughs> honestly, honestly. The wheels are just turning. Oh, it, yours it, and mine both. <laughs> I think I could do it. No, honestly, I think it's a, a lot of um, empowerment for women. I don't really yeah. see it as like a, a bad or a dirty thing because let's be honest, we're all sexual. I mean, I went to Catholic school, so I grew up where you shouldn't masturbate. You shouldn't talk about your sexuality. You shouldn't have sex before marriage. You shouldn't even live with anybody before marriage. Right. So uh, to me, what you do is very empowering, and I like how you're in touch with your it, – it's very – your feminism is just, you know, it, it's just – everything you just embody like how women should feel about themselves and they should be exploring and 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 girls go out there and touch your pussy tonight because you need to explore your body you know feel free feel free to tell me about it when you do (laughs) (laughs) ladies ladies boys you have to pay (laughs) right that's true that's true Thanks for checking out Radio 1 Chicago Presents Live from the Lair. This show was hosted by Patrick and me, Janine, and produced by Hex for Radio 1 Chicago. You can find this podcast at Radio1Chicago.com, along with interviews, new music, and information about different artists from around Chicagoland.